ready. Welcome to episode 34 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes, and with me is my daughter, Emma Hughes. Hi. Hi, <laughs> hi Emma. <laughs> Say hi again. Hi, Emma. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> I think we should keep that in. It adds, uh, it adds vulnerability. I don't know. Uh, um, okay. So um, uh, it is getting darker out every day. We're losing a little bit more daylight. Uh, we're in North America. And so we are coming into the winter months. And so I wanted to talk to you about training during the winter months very exciting very important yeah there used yeah. to be um uh, there used to be an a, an off season that everybody would stop trialing in the winter and we all go back into our houses and train but that has changed over the years and now there's trialing all year long but i think it's also good to take some time off and you know, go back and do some basic training. And so I wanted to talk about how to utilize the winter months when it's not as easy to get outside and do some training in the winter months. Yeah, sounds good. Um, you want to start? Gosh, there's, a, there's a lot of bits and pieces to it, isn't there, that you don't really think about unless you're actively doing it. What do you mean? I mean, like, when I think of indoor training, right, I think of me and Dot sitting in the living room with one jump between us and doing one jump work, because that's really what the majority of my winter trainings have been in the past. But you could really do it with anything, couldn't you? I mean, you could stick a two by two, if you have room, into your, uh, wherever, your, your living room or your bedroom or whatever, um, even your kitchen, if you've got like mats down or something. Um, you could do cones, uh, all sorts of little fun little things. Yeah, I, I think we should list them. I think. Oh boy, I think I we should list them. Okay. And let me let me just start by saying that um, when you were little, when when you were when Millie first came into our lives, so Millie's first two, first year one and year two, you did a bulk of your training in the bathroom. Did you know that? I remember, I think you have a video of it. I don't remember it, but I am I think there's a video of me training Millie to hit the toilet roll, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that's right. You used to train so a funny. bunch of tricks. But yeah, you did a lot of your training in the bathroom because you could get away from the other dogs. Yeah, and the cats. And the cats. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they used to bug you for treats. That's right. <laughs> they still do. So yeah, uh, so, so I, I kind of want to stay specific to agility, but if you're needing basic obedience, my gosh, there's a ton you can do with basic obedience as well. And and trick training, right? I mean, the list can really, yeah. the list I mean, can the literally house go at on, its, on At the very, very, very least, even if you're not doing agility training in the house, it provides generalization, right? Your dog's probably never done anything in the house before that has to do with like agility or something that's close to it and so if you stick a cone in the middle of the living room you're teaching them that hey cones can pop up anywhere and we can work through them that's true although i was just talking with somebody that has been teaching their weed poles in their living room 
So they've gone all the way to six or doing channel weaves and they had them in the living room and they decided to take the dog outside and try the weave pulls outside. Dog couldn't, couldn't do it. So dogs will generalize the opposite direction as well, or, or be specific in the opposite direction where you train them only in the house. And I call it kitchen training. So they get really good at kitchen training and then they can't, they, they have to learn how to take it outside of the house. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about basically you could do new behaviors, but I'm talking about behaviors that your dog kind of already knows. They have a good idea, but you want to strengthen them or right. so just, bring them in the house. I mean, that's a new environment, right? I'm not, I don't mean to keep coming back to this point, but I'm not saying you're teaching them something new in the house. I'm saying you've been doing cone work with your six month old puppy and now it's snowing and we bring it in the house. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I mean it's great yeah. for changing locations. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to talk about just staying dry and still training your dog, right? Yeah. You or even if you're in like California or Arizona and it's really, really hot outside and you have a nice house where you can be away from the blazing sun, this is also applicable, I think. Oh, you mean for summer training? Yeah. Summer really training really in the okay, so yeah. I summer... mean, I'm assuming that we're cool enough that we have people in Arizona and yeah. California and well, maybe other countries that are hot, but we have at least one that I know. Oh yeah, I guess there's Texas in there. Hmm. Interesting. There's somebody in Texas. <laughs> I uh, wonder who that is. So yeah, so okay, so hot, hot summer months for my southern friends, and then cold winter months for the northern friends. Yeah. All right. Well, we're coming into winter where we live. So we're going to talk about winter training. All right. So uh, I think one of the best things to teach with one jump, like you you brought up the one jump earlier, uh, teaching on one jump, so much, so much you can train on just one jump. And you don't even have to have a very big bar. You could literally have a three foot bar, even for your big dogs, because you're not doing a huge amount of big jumping you're just getting them to go around the jump stanchion and that is verbals teaching if you want to train verbals bringing a one jump into your living room teach all your verbals what does jump mean what does around or tight mean so you have a regular jump with just a gentle turn right then you have a tight turn, a tight wrap. That's a good one for in the living room. Then you have your rear cross. You have your backside wrap around the wing. And then you have your backside slice. What else? What am I missing? I think, I think as well, anything that's, that doesn't have a ton of speed behind it, you can do whatever you need on the jump, as long as you have space. Um, But with this, I'm not saying that we should be pushing for speed in the indoor training. That is, I think the only issue that indoor training um, gives us is that you can't really be fast indoors. Um, And if you are, that is a little bit dangerous. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about almost trotting. Yeah. Right. I mean, even walking, it doesn't have to be, and, and the bar super low yeah so for yeah. so for our big dogs they can be jumping 12 as long as they're not knocking the bar right there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a lift there 
Um, however, yeah. four dogs that are don't even need a bar, as long as you have two jump stanchions, then you can help them distinguish between the backside and and the front side. Yeah. Right. If you're working on just one jump stanchion, then you're basically just working wraps and you can work rear cross, but you have to be able to visualize where the yeah. other side of the you can is. even work your crosses without a jump at all. Right. But I think the issue is if you're doing it in the living room or in your bedroom or something and you're spinning around the room, they're going to be like, oh, I'll jump up on the couch then because that's where you're facing. Or, oh, I'll jump up on the bed then because that's where you're facing. Yeah, but um, if, if your placement of reward is correct, they won't. Yeah, but I'm but if you're, you know, kind of not used to the space that it that you are in. Yeah, they'll um, not that it's an issue. I mean, it's like they jump on the couch, so what, right? Yeah. Um so if you're working if you're working all your verbals, I do think that having a full jump with or without a bar, but having two jump stanchions helps to distinguish between the backside and the front side. Right. So I think you yeah. need full jump for verbals anyway. But if you're just working technique of turning away from you or turning into you, I think you only need one jump stanchion. Right. I agree. Yeah. All right. So we got verbals on one jump. Uh, something that I'm working with Eli currently, in fact, I just worked on it this morning, is we are doing one jump work and we are working foot technique. So him lifting his feet up, not ticking the bar, not knocking the bar. And I'm literally sat on the floor with the jump there. And I'm not even telling him jump, but his job is to take the jump, wrap the wing that I'm closest to without knocking or ticking the bar. So I'm sat down and he's offering going around the wing and Today, we worked on me rewarding him on the uh, takeoff side. So he takes off, jumps, wraps the wing, comes back and gets a reward, does it again. And I go to all all four corners of the jump stanchion. That means I go from my right side, then I go to my left side, then I go and face. The, I, I go to every side of the wings does that make sense See, didn't i tell you we were talking about this earlier and i said it's really hard to talk about <laughs> jumps through uh, <laughs> uh through words alone through an oral presentation alone it is uh because it's you can't really explain it unless you have a visual right okay so um, if you put if you put a jump out and you labeled each side of the jump <laughs> a b c d so right and you're talking about each side of the wing yeah so yeah one wing side is a on the other side of the jump it would be b then you yeah. go to the back side now we're on c and then you come over i don't know i see it as a <laughs> as a square as a rectangle i see a jump as and i'm sitting in each corner of the rectangle with the jump dead center Right. Okay. That makes that's sense. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's a really good. Okay. Way to can put you it. visualize that? I can. So I can. I'm in each corner with the jump center. The wings are on the edges. Yeah. Okay. So corner A, corner B, corner C, corner D. So I go to each one of those corners, and depending on which corner I'm in, Eli had to jump, wrap the wing, and come back to my corner. 
to get rewarded. So I was doing takeoff side rewards. Tomorrow, the cookie is going to be thrown to the landing side. So he has to jump towards me, wrap the wing away from me to get his reward. And then jump towards me again, wrap the wing to get his reward. So I'll be throwing the wing to the landing side. All right. Enough about one jump work. Yes. <laughs> I could, we could talk about one jump work till the cows come home. Um, well, let's go on to something else. We might come back to it. Yeah. Okay. What else can we, uh, so let's are we going to tell them, are we going to tell them about the time we took a dog walk plank and put it in the hallway to practice contacts? Are we going to tell them about that? I was just <laughs> about to talk about hallways. <laughs> so that is one thing that we did do. You were working on contacts. It was, I think it was snowing that yeah or something anyway we did we dragged a dog walk plank upstairs into our <laughs> that's, that's the longest hallway we have is upstairs and yeah i remember holding it up while dot ran down it yeah then i think we put it on a chair or something we made, yeah i think so because it wasn't high at all it was like maybe i don't know a few inches off the ground yeah it wasn't, it wasn't that high at all. but uh yeah and, and it was hard because she was kind it wasn't we don't have a terribly long hallway and i remember her having to go off the dog walk plank maybe like six or eight feet to the mm. to the reward and i also remember that one of the biggest things i was criticized for not criticized but when you're teaching uh, the way that i was taught to teach dog walk contacts is that you kind of hang back and let the dog hit the contact and get the reward in front of you and i had a really really bad habit of meeting dot at the at the reward and the hallway actually forced me to stay behind because there wasn't enough space um width wise for me and her to be next to each other i mean we were we would be Ow. like literally like a foot apart and she right. would be like what are you doing without um, and so it actually taught me to stay back because like i couldn't get be next to her which is actually quite good um I do think dragging to... a dog walk plank into the hallway is a little extreme, though. For women. well, yeah, it's a little insane. Like you, you know, when you like tell people stuff and they're just like, "Oh, okay," and then you realize that's not normal. Like, uh, what were we thinking? <laughs> I, I haven't oh. done that yet with Eli, but I have contemplated bringing the uh, the the target mat, my running contact mat, in. Oh yeah, well, I, I taught Dottie um, indoors with the running contact. That's mat. true. You did start. Yeah, you started inside started with inside. your backup work, your uh, and yeah. your box work. Yeah, you were doing. It was good. She was a good box. girl. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, so the other thing I was thinking, though, as far as the hallway goes, is go <laughs> training, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like teaching your dog to go on the verbal go and run yeah. to the end of the hallway. The issue with hallways is that if they aren't carpeted or if there isn't some kind of like mat or you know rug down uh they can't get kind of slippery for your yeah, dog i would definitely so, have some sort of traction mat yeah you know, a, a, a floor runner or something i've had yeah, those multiple are really i've had multiple of my students do weave pulls in the hallway yeah that would be great because they're so long and like funky to yeah you know. and and similar to your dog walk problem it forces you to kind of stay back yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're really squishing the dog. Or you could work convergence, I guess, if that's something you want. <laughs> yeah, to you could. I'm right yeah. next to you. Keep weaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else could you teach in a hallway? Oh, I teach stays in my hallway. So mm. 
Eli has to stay at one end of the hallway and I go to the far end and then I start dropping cookies down and I'm in between the cookies and him. Yeah. So if he breaks, I can stop him from getting the falling, the the cookies that I've already dropped. Yeah. And then I release them. Speaking of convergence, you could do, I don't know how to describe it, um, but you know, when a lot of people will do it at the beginning of a um, release. And so you have the jump right here, right? And then you go over like that. And then they come around in a loop. What would you call that? I'm not part. I'm not. You mean where um, you're sending the dog to the jump? No. So like, you're like, oh golly. She's standing like up, this. everybody. She's going to demo for me. But <laughs> yeah, I'm demoing. has to do this so, in audio. So the jump is here, right? And you go right here come over this way and then we go that way oh so you're um it's convergence but i forget what it's called yeah it's called something uh, it's called a well if the dog's got a little bit of a of a my point being is that if you had your jump if you had your hallway like this right my eyes are the hallway and your jump is parallel to the hallway you can set your dog up right here and they go like that okay you're working on a bend so it's two things one a lead out push would it would be it's so a recall to a um a, a, a so you're recalling your dog to you yeah but it's not like they're I, wrapping I saying you have a jump with you no i know they're it's, wrapping the wing of the jump jumping back it. towards you yeah so i'm drawing it guys it's called um, a, i'll tell you what it's called it's called a backup recall you know sometimes i think you just make things up i did not make that up. sometimes i think you just say things <laughs> to me and i just have to believe it Okay, well, that's what Linda Mecklenburg calls it. Oh, well, now I feel bad. I love you, Linda Mecklenburg. So it's like that. Okay, and you could also turn. So she, is, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna post, for anybody that's on YouTube. I'm gonna go ahead and post this photo that she's drawn. That that it would. Uh, oh wait, let like, me draw a smile on my face. I love doing agility, so we're smiling. But would that not just be a? Yeah, that would be a backup recall. Yeah, but you're you standing the, the entire time. You could turn the jump any direction. So now turn the the jump the other direction. Okay, dog is in a sit stay, and you're on the side of the jump. Well, so you're not moving. Okay, you're Hold doing. On. I don't know. Draw. Let me draw. <laughs> Hold on, I need a piece of paper. Um, I have to think. I'm like, oh, you always do the feet thing, and I don't understand why the feet are the human. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I would have the dog on the other side of the jump. Like, same side of the jump, just on the... Well, so, like, all this. sorts of sides. You could do... Yeah, but my point was that yeah, it was so... like convergence. We were talking about convergence. Oh! So you're doing, like, a slice to convergence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you could do just a ton of different yeah. things <laughs> in the hallway. Oh, goodness. I can't believe we went on this... I can't believe we have to go to graphics. This is terrible for an audio. All right, so th- let's let's explain this. So okay. we have a skinny hallway. Emma drew a huge hallway, but we're going to go with the skinny <laughs> hallway. And the jump is lengthwise to the hallway. Yeah, your jump is parallel okay. with your hallway. And the dog can be at any angle coming into you for mm-hmm. convergence training. So <laughs> they could be on the same wing going around the wing that would be a bend or they can be on the opposite wing that would be a slice 
So yeah. not only would you be working your stays, you'd also be working jump commitment. You would be working yeah. slice commitment. You would be working. You could do it with virgin. a perfectly square uh, living room or something as well. But I think it's harder in the hallway because you don't have anywhere to move. So you especially the bigger the dog. Sit there. So the yeah. bigger yeah, the yeah, dog. Yeah, if you have a border collar or something. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think we're done with the hallway. Yeah, I like the hallway section. I, I think the hallway really um, befuddled us yeah. with our drawings. Yeah. You can probably work Maybe. in the garage, too, if you really wanted to, if you have a garage. Yeah, I just remember again. reading a book, um, an agility book. It wasn't like a proper book. It was a fiction book. And I remember he trained his dog in the garage, and that was like, they all, all the kids made fun of him. I forget what book it was called. I guess the, the most important thing is traction. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have, need a, you need stuff down, especially yeah. in the garage. Oh, I know gosh. people that use huge like yoga mat. Um, they're like these massive, yeah. like you could you put a bicycle get, like, on it. You can get like stuff for like gymnastics. They have like those spongy, like puzzle piece type things. Yeah. You, can, do, you can go like, yeah. Gymnastics or, um, kids daycare. They have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Garage or hallway or kitchen where, yeah. Just have some good traction for your dog. Enya Hubble has a, a basement that she uses mm. for training. And with Sweden being dark, a good chunk of the winter, she does a ton of training in her basement for her verbals. Mm. Yeah. Probably why she's so good. You see, she did really well with her border collie, Zane. Enya Hubble, if you're listening, uh, we admire you very greatly. <laughs> um all right so uh what about stairs oh yeah um should we tell them about my dream where i had a dream last night that dotty went uh dotty went all the way down to the bottom of the stairs there's a theory according to some people uh that if your dog runs to the bottom of the stairs they're more likely to run to the bottom of the contacts I don't know if that's true. I, I don't, don't think we, we have any scientific data on we that. Don't. that. We don't. We don't. It's an interesting theory. Um, it's an interesting theory. Okay, um, regardless point? of that, regardless of that, my point being is that, you know, you can use the stairs for two-on-two off work. Um, just the first, like, two stairs. Don't have them go up the stairs, uh, <laughs> you know, indefinitely. Um, but I know that you also use the stairs for Eli. You will throw food up at the top won't you yeah i'll, I'll, run I'll up the do stairs, some eat some, it and then come I, back down it's yeah, conditioning it's, isn't it yeah it's more conditioning i don't do it very often but yeah i throw food he has to wait at the bottom i throw food to the top and he gets to run to the top of the stairs and then i throw food on the stairs so that he has to walk back down yeah so he walks down he runs up walks down yeah yeah, yeah. but it's good conditioning i think I, and like you say everything in moderation I've also um, taught him to back up the stairs. Like all the way up the stairs. He has gone all the way up the stairs. Yeah. Pro- See, I was wondering about that. That's why I said don't have your dog go up the stairs indefinitely. But I guess if it's... Well, I started it just on a couple of stairs. You know, yeah, if he's and then figured it he out. managed to do knows. five stairs. So we have our stairs go up five or so, has a landing, then it turns and goes up, I don't know, another 10. And... I was just doing the bottom five and he did it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're very clever. Wow. So then I had him turn. I think this is a different, different session. Um, I had him go up the all 10 stairs and he did it. I was really impressed. Yeah, he's a very good boy. Yeah. 
but he's only done that once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, I like him that working. Did his, you his use the stairs for Jinx's two on two off work? I know you used the I couch. Did. I remember you setting the couch. Um, what's it the called? Ottoman. The ottoman. the ottoman. I remember you setting the ottoman against the fireplace, and I have a video of him backing up and like he flung his back feet out in the air. It's very cute. But I wondered if you'd done it on the stairs as well. I did. Okay. I, did. I worked Jinx's two on two off on the stairs on um cardboard boxes uh on anything and everything I, I i did the couch as well but he struggled with the couch i tried the wall he really struggled with the wall i don't i don't think i ever got him to that do would be on the wall hard muscle wise for a dog i think yeah um, I, unless I, they're I, really close to the wall and they were able to fold themselves up yeah i did the ottoman i did the fireplace mantle mm-hmm. um did the dog or the a-frame but that that's not indoors yeah, yeah i like stair yeah. work yeah and you can do it on those like little balance pods or whatever as well that obedience or not oh my gosh obedience yoga people get i don't know why i said obedience yeah um you know yoga people get like those balance pods and you can use it for your dog yeah and, um, they and also have I've, ones made for dogs i'm pretty sure i don't know well and i've got kato boards now uh that's right so I about those i've done uh backing up on a kato board it was mm-hmm. outside when I did it, but I could certainly bring the Kato board in and do some backing up on the Kato board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Dottie and I did a lot of balance pod work inside. A lot. Like a ton. Hmm. Um, for her contact training. It was oh, good. backing up onto it? Yeah. And like moving around it, spinning around it, front feet, back feet. Um, you probably do your, you know, both left front and back paw, right front and back paw. But I don't know what that would... Um, teach them other than mindfulness of you have four paws <laughs> right yeah. um, but that is my most fun fact about dogs is that they don't know that they have back feet unless you teach them um so yeah if you're wondering why your dog isn't doing the two on two off maybe teach them they have back feet they yeah, don't know and just just basic body awareness that they that they can utilize those back feet mm-hmm. definitely all right uh I have two more. So I have I have two that I'm thinking about for your end of your run. Getting dressed. Right? Getting your leash back on. So teaching your dog to get dressed. That's an easy indoor training thing for the winter. Or jump into your arms. Right? So jump into your yeah, arms. Yeah, we taught Dottie off the couch, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I taught Eli sitting in a chair. And then uh, work that up to him jumping into my yeah. arms in the living room. Uh, so yeah, get dressed and then jump into your arms. Those are two end of run routines that yeah. are very, very valuable, you know, rather than going and looking yeah. for another dog. Or- I have started to teach Dottie to retrieve her leash indoors. Um, I think I only did it one or two times indoors because it was summer. So I just went outside. Uh, but you could definitely do it indoors if that is something that you want in your end routine as well. A uh, go find your leash and bring it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Just body work. I have body work written down, right? Like laying down, yeah. massaging. Yeah. That sort of Yeah. Thing. But all this is to say is also that um, you can also give your dog a break, right? True. Like it's, yes. it's, you don't have to be doing all this stuff. I think, um, especially now that I'm in university, I'm, 
coming to terms with the fact that I'm going to come home and Dottie's probably not going to be in the best shape that she's ever been. Cause you know, I've been gone for months on end and that's okay. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Um, I think as well as the dog, see, this is the, uh, I always try to bring this in every agility conversation. You can also work out as well. I'm not saying that you should, or you have to, but uh, yoga has been really nice for me. I've done a lot of yoga and it's, I think it's really helped my agility um you mean yoga with, yoga with the dog oh well see i don't have a dog if you let me get a puppy over here then you can do maybe. yoga with dot <laughs> put her on the video i'm like daddy come here let's do yoga um yeah so yoga has been really good for me i really yeah, so just basic it. fitness for yourself indoors Hopefully. yeah and i'm not saying that you have to right i mean everybody has their own level of fitness but it really has helped me it really has I think. Hmm. Yeah. No, and I want to get better. I, I do a lot of stretching and uh, stuff, but I don't do a whole, other than agility, I don't focus on my fitness very well. Yeah. I could definitely well, improve in that arena. Yeah. And it's not like, and agility is a weird sport as well, because you can, you know, be, you don't have to be like a Michael Phelps athlete, right. To be incredibly successful in agility uh so it's it's not saying that you should or you have to or you should feel obligated right um i, just I guess more just for general it passes health. the time right well i think yeah but i think just for general health right for just right being a healthy person and making yourself feel you know taking yeah. in good oxygen i think that's always a good thing but yeah. but we're not experts in the fitness area. So no, yeah, we're going to stick. We're no. experts in agility. <laughs> Some would say. Some would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd imagine. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, fitness for me, I definitely want to, I want to improve that. Uh, and I, and I do bits, but man, but it's I, not, yeah. And it's not even just that me. it's what? Oh, sorry. Well, just all my fitness talking. comes in, uh, in an agility generally. Right. Well, and that's just it is like agility was the one source of fitness for a while for me. And then you would take like the break in the winter, right? And you'd do one jump work or whatever in the winter and you'd just be sitting. And then I get on dog cars. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, but I mean, if you're willing to work through that, work through that, right? And take a break, right? So it is whatever you desire. Well, I suppose that we need to bring up then you know, if we're not doing a whole lot of fitness for the dog, you know, whether it be just because it's really gross outside is keeping them in shape through the winter and, you know, either cutting down on what they would normally get in a meal, right? If we're taking away some of the fitness, take away some of the meal as well so that they don't gain weight, right? And just keep them as fit as you can through the winter months regardless mm -hmm. of what the weather's out like outside which can be tough yeah, it's important to maintain that muscle all right anything else cool. i don't think so let me just say this when the weather is yucky outside i have seen people go outside and do agility in the snow and they think it's fun i think it's a little dangerous personally i'm not a huge fan of doing agility in the snow i get the camaraderie of it or the the comedy of it like oh look they're going doing weed pulls bouncing in the snow 
and I suppose the slower dogs is not as bad, but I don't know. I think just letting them run around in the snow is fitness enough. I don't think we need to add agility to it. Definitely not jumping and just because they slip, don't they? And then everybody's yeah. sad and yeah, and it's then... cold and then they get all, you know, if they have long hair, they get everything matted and yeah, agility is hard. And the issue is also like your tunnels will become frozen and like crispy and crunchy and gross. And yeah, a, really lot of ice, a lot of ice pools in our, if I don't stand them up on end, um, there's condensation in there and yeah. the, the yeah. condensation turns to ice. So yeah, um, the same with like the rubber of the dog walk, you know, you send them up it and everybody goes sliding. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a huge, I know a lot of people that do it. Uh, I, a lot of people post it online when they're, when it snows out and they get their dogs out doing snow agility i'm not a huge fan of it but you know i I think it also can be dog dependent i think really slow dogs don't have as much risk as fast dogs do but i don't know i think there are other ways to play with our dogs in the snow so yeah and we have hairy dogs in general so the snow balls up on them and so I annoying. Yeah, I don't like that. I, yeah. I think it's very uncomfortable for them to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, then it burns their skin because it's so cold. And then yeah. everybody and feels bad for that. <laughs> so anyway, keep your dog safe in the winter in the sun, in the, you know, with agility out in the snow and ice and stuff. Um, and, and mud can be just as slippery, right? So we got to yeah. be careful. Heavy rain. Muddy, yeah. muddy fields running in agility. So I think it's sometimes it's fun to come inside, keep our dogs' minds active, you know, have fun training them for verbals and maybe some just offering of the jump distance, adding a little more distance. Um, Yeah. And keeping their mind sharp with agility and having something to do inside. So is that it? Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Are you going to post the picture that I drew for everybody? Yes, I am. <laughs> so if you're if you're on audio, if you're on a podcast on, in your car, then you can get on YouTube and uh, I'll post it up on YouTube where when we talk about that part of it. So. <laughs> All, right. All right. I love you, Anne. I love you too. And I love you as well. Go get a majority of listeners. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Bye. And say hi to Dot for me. Kiss her for me on her little head. I will. On her little blaze. I love you. Bye. Bye. Ready.